What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, what is one word to describe the Cowboys lost tonight? Uh, let me know in the chat what is your one word to describe the Cowboys lost? Because it was a tough one. Dallas was leading big at halftime. It felt like a comfortable first half in which the Cowboys were getting the results on offense. They were getting them on defense. Micah Parsons had a first half sack. We wanted to see Micah back at it, back at getting quarterbacks to the ground. And it felt like a scenario had played out in which the Jaguars would be forced to play from behind most of the second half, at least. And that obviously benefited a Cowboys team that wanted to do two things, run the football and rush the passer get those pass rush opportunities in. That isn't what really happened. And there were a lot of factors playing into it. Let's see some of your words here. We'll get into the real reason why the Cowboys fell to the Jaguars. And by the way, you can, you can let me know as well your comments on that. What is the real reason why Dallas fell to the Jaguars? You can also tell me that in the chat. Deflating says Peter. Unreal, says Clayton. Baffled, says Billy. Kevin goes with disgraceful, devastating from Troy. Who else here? Uh, interceptions, says Sales. Disappointing, says Jessica. Predictable, says Kenny. Who else is here? Flabbergasted. Toxic, though, goes with the opposite side. He says typical. Disgusting. Who else? Who else? Let's see here. Um, interceptions, Kelvin Joseph. is a defensive. Josh Ball, says Bruce. Man, I will tell you what. I understand where Jay is coming from here when we talk about those big reasons why the Cowboys lost. There were two interceptions. One of them was a literal walk-off touchdown from the Jacksonville Jaguars on a pick six in overtime. But I've seen a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot of takes on Twitter since this thing happened. And listen, I was as frustrated as anybody because that sucked. That was a tough, tough ending. And hey, as, as Lumen says, we couldn't sleep on the Jaguars. And it felt like the Cowboys hadn't slept on the Jaguars, at least for the first 30 minutes of play. Uh, Lisa Carrillo says, are we out of the playoffs? Not at all. The Cowboys are have a 99% probability of clinching a playoff bird. So that is pretty much in the bag. The, the NFC East is out of the question, though. Because the Cowboys would need the Eagles to lose their three remaining games. And that is not going to happen. If we are keeping it real here on primetime, the Cowboys can kiss the NFC East goodbye. It's about winning as a wild card in the playoffs now. And we'll still get excited about next weekend's game and all of that. But it isn't nearly as important as it was 24 hours ago when the Cowboys had a more legitimate shot at the postseason as a division champion that is out of the window now however the Cowboys are making it uh the Cowboys are are in they are going to be in when the playoffs come around they might even get it uh tonight depending on 
on the Giants Commanders game. They might get in just by the result of that game. That's not how you wanted to get in, of course. But hey, a, a win is a win, I guess. Anyways, the Cowboys saw Dak Prescott through an interception in the third quarter. And that was a rough interception. Dak Prescott talked about it after the game. He said, that's the balance that we're trying to reach. How can we be aggressive but not be dumb enough to make that throw? Because Dak was saying, I shouldn't have made that throw. I felt the contact, but maybe Dak got a little bit greedy there. Maybe he wanted to make the play instead of taking the sack and rolling with the punches a little bit. But Dak threw the interception. That obviously gave the Jaguars a lot of momentum. But let me tell you something. The Cowboys did not lose because of Dak Prescott. That is a, re that is a take that is floating around social media because obviously, as always, the quarterback is the guy that takes the mo most of the blame. But let's be real. That happened in the third quarter when the score was 27 to 17. That was a two-possession game. Worst case scenario, you give up a touchdown and you're still up by three and you still have a chance to go out there and respond with some points. That is not the reason why the Cowboys lost this one. The reason why the Cowboys really lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars had to do with the defensive effort following yet another key injury. And think about this. The Cowboys had significant injuries in all levels of defense. They saw Durant Armstrong go down temporarily. He had to come back later in the game. Leighton Banderesh out for the game. And we'll see what happens with the MRI on Monday. But he could be out for a while if the neck injury is serious. Let's hope it isn't. So we're going to be in an LBE watch moving forward. And then Kelvin Joseph and Anthony Brown's absence showed up in the secondary. It was bad enough for the Cowboys to play Nashawn Wright. But let's dive into exactly how pure and mediocre the defensive performance was. And this is what happened. The Cowboys defense allowed 8 of 11 third down conversions by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They allowed three touchdowns on four red zone trips by the Jaguars. They allowed, and this one is the one that hurts the most, 7.2 yards per play. They allowed two 90-plus yard receivers, including Say Jones, who scored a hat trick himself, had three receiving touchdowns. And on top of that, they allowed Travis Etienne to go for over 100 rushing yards, which absolutely is bad. These numbers are terrible numbers for the Cowboys. And they are particularly significant because they're tied into multiple injuries, including that to Leighton Banderesh. The Cowboys defense has been one of the best in the NFL all season long. But are they going to be able to make up for the injuries? Because we saw Trevor Lawrence be smart enough to pick on Kelvin Joseph pretty much all game long. Up until the point in which the Cowboys had to bench Joseph. But then we still saw Trevor go at Nishan Wright. Now, we'll talk more about Deron Bland later. I'll give it to him. He had a great performance, I think, today. I think that Bland is performing, is uh, progressing quite beautifully as a rookie. But also, in clutch time, Trevor Lawrence went to the wrong Bland twice, and he burned him twice. One of them was a pick play that kind of schemed open Christian Kirk, who is Lawrence's go-to guy on offense. 
He got the big gainer on that play. And then later, he found uh, Say Jones in the end zone when the Ron Bland was supposed to be on him. So good game for the rookie overall. But in crunch time, Trevor Lawrence also went to the rookie, the fifth round rookie slot cornerback and burned him. This was a bad defensive performance. And I understand that the interceptions are what we like to talk about the most. We like to talk about uh, how Dak Prescott is the guy to blame because he plays quarterback. But if we are being real, that interception in the third quarter shouldn't be enough to discredit a three-touchdown performance with over 80% completion rate, at least in regulation, that had you in the front wheel. Hey, these, these performance by Dak had the Cowboys at the wheel controlling the game. And of course, that play changed the momentum, but it shouldn't take away from these numbers by the defense. It shouldn't take away from the fact that this is the real reason why the Cowboys fell to the Jaguars. And then, of course, they responded, though, in overtime. Credit to them. Credit to them. But then the pick six wasn't really on, on Dak either, if we we're being real, as that just, you know, Noah Brown had his hands, his chest on the football, couldn't hold on to it, and then the unfortunate tip let, it, let the football fall in the hands of a Jaguars defender who took it home, had to walk off, and the Jaguars won. Their biggest winning years, honestly, as a franchise. So they're, they're enjoying today quite a lot, I would say. Sean says his Dak ankle maybe bothering him. I think, I really think that Dak wasn't nearly as bad as, as we think that he was. I don't think that the ankle is a factor right now. Dak just happened to, you know, tr throw an interception in the third quarter. That was definitely his fault. It was a poor play. It was a poor decision. Didn't cause the Cowboys a game, though. And then in overtime, Truey picked six that bounced off of Noah Brown's two hands. Let's see. Uh, Mo, hey, thank you to Toxic, who's, who is now told you so. Toxic Tom down his burner account. Shout out to Toxic. Thank you for your comment and your donation, man. He says, Mo, we ran back the same underachieving staff and expected different results. They are once again fading in December. This season's plan was faulty since February. That is a strong comment by Toxic because this comment, and I, I'm kind of thinking about it as I read it, this comment is putting it in the, in the staff, right? I don't know. I don't know if I can exactly put, it in, put this loss in the, in the coaching staff. I'm thinking about it right now, and I think, Watching the game live, at least, it felt more about execution. And I know there were some shaky decisions in there. And there was a third and 10 that some people have not agreed with, throwing the football instead of running it to burn the Jaguars last time out. But as you guys know, I've always liked the aggressive side of football. And I also like and respect the idea of let your quarterback end the game by moving the chains right? Put that trust in him. So I also, I actually was asking, watching it live, I can tell you, I was asking the TV to let the Cowboys put the game in Dak Prescott's hands. That didn't play out. Jaguars kept their timeout, and that timeout ended up setting up the game-tying field goal. But that's a good comment from Toxic, man. The East coaching staff was expected to be put on notice this season, 
especially, you know, Mike McCarthy, the head coach. Dan Quinn has done overall a tremendous job, even if right now I think that the Cowboys defense was the reason why the Cowboys lost. But I would say that we knew from the start that this year for Mike McCarthy was a year in which the cow in, he was in the hot seat as a Cowboys head coach. But also, a lot of the wins have been in huge part thanks to the coaching staff. And we've seen the second half adjustments. We've seen the Cowboys have their first 10-game, 10-win uh, regular season since 1991 in consecutive years. So I also cannot lose sight of that. I, I also cannot lose sight of that entirely. But I do agree that those concerns start creeping back up. Let's see here. Let's see. Let's see. Bruce says, what was the score of the Titans game? Really? Did they win? Says uh, Bruce. I think that the Chargers ended up winning that one, which I hated because I had a three-leg underdog money line parlay that uh, the Titans were the were the last team for me to cash it, uh, but didn't work out. I think I think that it was a, a Chargers win on that one. Billy Bailey says, well, this coaching staff is being put on notice right now, Mo. They got to get this right cleaned up. And I agree. I do agree to that. Let's see here. Sebastian says, Dak is very inconsistent and confused and lacking confidence. Here's, here's what I will say about Dak. I think that he is not a concern moving forward. I think that Dak is one of the players why you're excited about this season in the first place. He's, he is definitely one of the strengths of this team. But, and this is a huge but, especially if you're going to keep playing games like this one, in which you let your opponent stick around. And to use Patrick Walker's quote that went viral recently, if you keep playing with your food, one or two plays is all it takes for it for all to go sideways. And since Dak Prescott returned, you do have like a money-back guarantee that Prescott is going to throw one or two bad passes throughout the game and he's going to make one or two bad decisions and that is not a good world to live in and as maybe as dumb as it sounds but he's also quite great and quite poised and quite confident and he can find those weak spots uh, he's one of the best pre-snap readers in the entire NFL has great technique he can find those holes versus cover two versus cover three he can beat you zone and your man coverage but those one to two bad throws that are guaranteed by Dak can get you into trouble if the game is close and that is exactly what happened today uh of course you know talking from the offensive side of things as I said I do think that this game was lost by the defense primarily just based on those numbers right let's see here uh, Mo, he uh, says toxic. Look at the scheme that Dak is in. He has to literally be perfect in Kellen's precious scheme. The scheme is flawed. Now, I'm not sure if the scheme is flawed. I will say that the fact that the Cowboys are playing conservative ball on early downs does get Dak in a lot of situations in which he has to play hero. And that is never, never a good thing either. So with that, I will agree. Dak, you know, the Cowboys demand a lot from Dak in these games bad play calling games is chalk should have been over after that strip fumble and that is that is one of the things 
that really frustrated me about this one. And as Craig says, the one of the things that made this loss particularly hurt, Craig, Craig said on Facebook, this loss really hurt. And I agree. The reason why I think was, number one, you had a lead, which is obvious. You had a halftime lead, significant halftime lead is what I mean. You were not able to you were not able to make the most out of it. Now, you had multiple chances to close this one out, and you didn't. And not only did you have multiple chances, different units had multiple chances to close this one. You had the fumble. The Cowboys offense would have been able to, should have been able to close this one out right there and then. Then the defense could have been able to maybe keep the Jaguars from scoring from scoring three points to send it into overtime. They were not able to do it. Uh, before that, the touchdown drive in which, say, Jones scored his third touchdown of the game. You could have avoided that. And then in, the, in overtime, the defense gives the offense one more opportunity, ends with a pick six. There were several, several opportunities to close this one out. And I've talked about the Cowboys' ability to finish opponents, but now you've had in the last few weeks at least a couple of occasions in which you weren't really able to put the opponent away, and that is concerning moving forward. So that to me is what really is frustrating about this game. And I think back to that Vikings win 40 to 3. And one of my thoughts coming out of that game was okay, if the Cowboys are able to put opponents away like this consistently, then they just might be the best team in the NFC. Since then, that's not really what we have seen. Maybe the exception was the Giants game. You could say that they put the Giants away, but they didn't put the Colts away, not, not until the fourth quarter. Uh, and, you know, 33 points scored in the fourth quarter are obviously important. But I'm not sure if I can count that as a dominant closing of a game, especially because it happened until the fourth quarter. Now, you put all of those together, and I just don't think that we got what we wanted from the Cowboys after that Vikings game. And they're still top three in the NFC to me. They're still top three in the NFC with the Eagles and the Niners. But right now, regardless of what happens next Saturday, I could... I would not be able to put together an NFC rankings list and put the Cowboys above the Eagles, obviously, because Philadelphia right now is clicking on all cylinders. They struggled a little bit versus the Bears today. That is the NFL. That is the way that things go sometimes. Hey, the Chiefs went to overtime with the Houston Texans today, by the way. So you, you want to get better on those moving forward. And the thing is, you only have three games left to get all of that together. And they're going to be somewhat inconsistent, maybe. They're going to be seen as an inconsistent team heading into the playoffs, even if they are a top three contender within the conference. Because I would make them a top three contender within the conference, for sure. Let's see. Uh, Kellen Moore has got to go, says Timothy. Not, not sure, not, not sure yet, like... I also think that Kellen Moore has done some good stuff this season. I cannot lie. And I've talked about it on detail. We, we've watched the X's and O's and everything here on Prime Time. I think there are some things to like. But 
Today, I think, was more about execution. At the end of the day, it just seems uh, and feels like the same song and dance as Billy. We will be one and done in the playoffs as Floyd. Book it. And man, one and done in the playoffs would hurt because you're going to be playing the AFC South champion. Your Chances are you're going to be playing the Tampa Bay Bucks or the Atlanta Falcons or the Carolina Panthers. What was the final score on that Saints-Falcons uh, game, actually? Because that could have a lot of a big impact on that. And then the Carolina Panthers also lost, if I'm not mistaken, to the Steelers. Yeah, they did, 24-16. The Saints ended up beating the Falcons 28-18. So right now, that division is led by Tampa Steel, but they're 6-8. and eight. Like It's not a good team that we're talking about there. It would hurt to lose to whoever wins the NFC South, and that would be 100% unacceptable. Losing to whoever wins the NFC South is one of those things that, you know, you think back to all of the offseason chatter and you say, well, maybe it is time for a coaching change, but also let's see how things played out, uh, play out. But anyways, uh, one of my big conclusions, though, is that Leighton Van Der is a huge loss to this Cowboys defense. Let's see what happens to tomorrow. But if it is a serious extended injury, then be ready for the defense to keep struggling moving forward. And I, this was a perfect game in which we, you know, we had a lot of conversations about this throughout the season. We talked about why didn't the Cowboys bench Anthony Brown. We talked about whether or not Leighton Van Der Esch was being disrespected. And sure enough, this was a culmination of that. When you saw that Anthony Brown was heavily missed by the Cowboys in this game, and when we saw that Leighton Van Der Rich was also heavily missed, because some of the best offensive drives put together by the Jaguars were attacking those underneath zones versus, uh, you know, uh, plays that really affected the linebackers. They ran a lot of outside run plays. And they were successful with them. The Cowboys clearly missed Leighton and they clearly missed Anthony Brown. It sucks that we were kind of realizing how disrespectful sometimes we were able to, to be uh, to these players. And now it is costing the Cowboys now that they're injured. Hopefully Leighton is able to return though. It is particularly concerning because of the neck injury history for LVE. The guru says even if LB has a stinger in his neck, he will be that much more limited. And that is true. He might return, but will he be the same? Right? Let's see. Uh, Truth Seeker says, can you answer the 13 seconds, three and out with 126 left in the fourth quarter? And, you know, that was definitely one of the... One of, the frust one of the frustrating moments, and I'm actually kind of looking here for the starting field position and what could have been out of that offensive drive by the, by the Cowboys. Let me fire up here really quickly the game book because I, I wanted to get into that actually. So the Cowboys had the football with 128 on the clock in the fourth quarter. They had... Three plays ran from the 38-yard line. The Cowboys ended up punting. McCarthy and the Cowboys decided to throw the football on third and 10. Obviously, a controversial decision, I will say. 
and, and I talked about this earlier on the show. I liked risking it. I liked the Cowboys putting the game in the hands of Dak Prescott. Didn't play it out their way. Maybe you wanted to, you know, call a call up a better play. Maybe throwing an outside throw to Noah Brown uh, was not ideal. Duel says Jerry sold this game. Jerry the mob. Hey, I wish I wish that that maybe that was the explanation. I don't think that it was, but I do think the Cowboys are ten and four, and that's that's maybe a good thing. Like if we're looking for silver linings. By the way, give me before we get out of here your silver lining for tonight's showdown against the Jaguars. I have one that I think is maybe kind of obvious. We'll see what the detailed numbers say tomorrow morning but what was your silver lining if any on today's game versus the Jaguars or you can see it as who was your primetime performer of the game we sometimes don't use primetime performers for for losses but who was your player of the game for the Cowboys let me know in the chat however you want to frame it silver lining of player of the game let me know in the chat while you do that before I give you mine though let me talk to you about our friends over at Freeman Mazda because they make this show possible. And the ride of the week is the 2022 Mazda MX-5 Miata RF Grand Touring. And this one starts, ladies and gentlemen, at $39,000. It's got a keyless entry feature plus a push-to-start feature, convertible roof, premium audio system, with a miles per gallon capacity of 20 when you are in the city. That goes up all the way to 26 when you are in the highway. And you can check it out over at FreemanMazda.net. Let me correct the price point really quickly. It starts at $37,865 plus rain sensing wipers, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto. You can check it out and much more over at FreemanMazda.net a family-owned business for over 65 years. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Let's see. What is your silver lining slash player of the week here? Franklin says up 17 points. My pizza showed up in time, says Jeff. That's a good one, Jeff. That is a good one. Uh, Eternal says, hey, Tyron looked good. And I agree. Tyron Smith, respect that man. Maybe a little bit rusty in a few reps. That was to be expected. Craig says, CD Lamb, the big 350 rush needs to play as well, says uh, Mark Aaron, Anthony Rush, the defensive tackle. Uh, thank you to Guru, who reminds you of hitting the like button. Thank you for that. Tyron Smith played well at right tackle, says Peter. CD says James Perry. Uh, let's see here. What am I missing? Mo says Toxic. Silver lining is Jerry's one day older and father time is undefeated. Man, Toxic. That is definitely a toxic comment for sure. Uh, Maza Miata for wide receiver trees is Bruce. I cannot disagree with that take. Giants are winning 7-3. That is a silver lining. Nobody, says Roger, including the coaches. There you go. We can have one game, says Cowboys Star, when we're not biting our nails to win. We had the Vikings game, and that, that was pretty much it. You could say bland, says Craig. That is, ladies and gentlemen, my answer, actually. And you can see it in the overlay here. I'm going with Darren Bland. I knew, and I think we knew, that Bland had the traits to develop into a starting caliber 
cornerbacks, specifically even an outside cornerback because of the length, because of the height. He was a Dan Queen kind of cornerback, and we love that. But I didn't expect him to rise so fast. He had a couple of rough reps in that touchdown drive by the Jaguars in which Say Jones scored his third TD of the day. But overall, I think it was a very solid day for the rookie, for number 26. He was charged with the toughest challenge of all in this particular game. The Cowboys told him, go get Christian Kirk. And I was curious if the Cowboys were going to put Trevon Diggs on, on Christian Kirk, if they were going to let him shadow him. But not nah, the, the, the Cowboys trusted Bland. And they got some results, some quality results by Bland. Uh, two PBUs, one interception for number 26. Shout out to him. We got to give him some respect. He has not taken any, you know, extended period of time to really bounce back and say, you know what? I have arrived. He really does look like a cornerback of the future for the Dallas Cowboys. Meanwhile, up, hey, the other side of this, as some of you are, are pointing out in the, in the chat, is Joseph struggled. And Joseph needs to turn it around really quickly. I don't know if next week the Cowboys are going to give Nishan Wright some looks, if they're going to give Mukwamu some looks, or maybe some of the cornerbacks that they've signed, Trayvon Mullen, maybe Kendall Sheffield. Mackenzie Alexander looks to me more like a slot corner, but let's see if they do get somebody else involved in that rotation. But Kelvin Joseph struggled. Told you so. It says, uh, Mo, in your life, what is the biggest win you have seen this team have? Uh, in terms of meaning, whew, that's a tough one. I don't know. Uh, like a playoff meaning could be, <laughs> this is going to sound sad as heck, but what? The, the divisional, no, no, the, the wildcard round win to the Seattle Seahawks versus the Seattle Seahawks, or maybe the Detroit Lions one, just because it was epic. And I will never forget that day. I realize how sad that sounds, but at least memory-wise, that's what I can think of. And hey, since the Cowboys have not reached the NFC Conference Championship game since before I was born, I could not think of any other win, I would say, that that we have seen right there. So King Element says, for me, it's a win against the Lions in 2014, which was an insane game. It could be that one, or it could be the Seahawks one. If we're talking playoff wins, those are pretty much some of the very few that we have gotten to see. Uh, we referring to younger generations, maybe. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's get out of here. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning into the show tonight. That will be it for me. Uh, do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And let your friends know about ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime by hitting the thumbs up. Because remember, the algorithm makes it work like that. Every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. It takes about a second of your time. And it really does wonders for the show. So do me a favor and hit the like button. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. We'll talk more about this game as usual with a cooler head. Thanks so much. Good night. Enjoy your Sunday night. If you can. I'm just kidding. Do go and enjoy it. This is just this is just a game. And hope that you enjoyed the World Cup final as well. Lionel Messi, Campeón del Mundo. 
Thank you very much. Bye bye. Nos vemos. Adiós.